with Podcast Award winner Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. Now that I think about it, like Oklahoma moving to the SEC probably does impact the way I view that hire because I just don't know if Venables is going to be able to take the Sooners into the SEC and really compete from the start. Whereas I think Marcus Freeman at Notre Dame is probably going to continue having a lot of success. I, I don't think it's a very exciting hire. And I, I think that too, like Oklahoma fans, while they will never admit it, I feel like the way that they've responded to everything and the way that they're kind of holding on and they're still very bitter about what Lincoln Riley has done, I think kind of speaks to how they feel about the hire too, because Brent Venables is a great defensive coordinator and he has been for a very long time. I have absolutely no questions that he's going to come in and that defense is going to be good. It is going to be well coached. It's going to be aggressive. It's going to be all that fun stuff, but he's never been at the head of the table. He's never been in charge of the program. And I just don't know how that's going to go. Are you trying to get me riled up oh, yeah. for no reason? Uh, yeah, yeah. I want you fired up today. I, everyone wants you fired up today. Who is that? A new one or is that? That's cover three. Um, I, is that Bud Elliott or old pal? I feel like that. That sounds like a Bud yeah. Elliott take, telling us how we feel. Uh, well, no, you guys don't actually feel the way that you do. Let me, an outsider, tell you how you actually really feel. About the hire, and oh, he's just never been a, the head guy before. That's why it's not going to work out. Yeah, great insight there, dude. Yeah, well, I don't know. Um, it's just fascinating that almost in the same breath, Venable's great defensive coordinator, but has never been the head guy. Probably wouldn't do it in the SEC, but Marcus Freeman at Notre Dame, who has never been a head guy, will be able to uh, just do a fantastic job. Blew like a 28-7 lead in the first football game that he ever coached. Lost Oklahoma State. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. You uh, know whatever. what I'm saying? It's all right. Like, it's all right, you know. How do, how do you, with a straight face, say put that – blip out there that's the thing i don't know if he's doing it the straight faced uh if we had a video of that podcast that they do I, i'm sure that he's got a little bit of a smirk he knows what he's doing I, well th- th- yeah th- if you're gonna do that do i i, I mean i understand taking you know taking a side of this thing and i even if you're just you're undecided let's take the the side that it's not gonna work you have to present a legitimate argument I'm I'm fully willing to listen to, to any statement out there or any argument that it's not going to work under Venables. I'm all ears. But don't tell me it's not going to work because he's never been a head coach before while saying in the same exact statement that another guy that's never been a head coach before is going to do great. Guys hear that? The, you can't do it. Teddy's got that tingly feeling. He's starting to get a little fired up today. Huh? I think we're going to get fired up Teddy at some point, maybe here pretty soon. I'm but just fascinated. The thing that annoys me the most is I, we have the pulse on what the fan base thinks. The fan base loves this, man. I, everyone's bought in. Everyone's just so sure that this is going to work out, and time will tell if it will. But the point is we all know that this was the right hire. It was the hire to make. 
it annoys me when there's all these people from the outside trying to tell all of us how, no, you really think this about the hire. No, moron. I know how I think about the hire. Don't try and tell me how I think. I know exactly what the, the right hire was or the best hire was. You know nothing about the situation. You've made no effort to know anything about the situation or get a real pulse what the fan base thinks. Shut up. Don't try and tell everyone else how they're supposed to think or what they really think. Right. That was Tom Fornelli, by the way. Same podcast as old Bud, but I guess they've been sharing uh, show ideas. I don't know. Yeah. Must be running low on downloads. Let's uh, let's rile the Oklahoma fans up. Tommy says, yet another D-back take. Keep them coming, Jack Wagons. I don't understand it. I don't know how you can I, – I don't know how you can I – don't, I, I don't know. Maybe I just – don't get it. Maybe it's people listen and, and it's not that deep. Right? There's there's plenty of coaches that have a ton of success that have never been head coaches before. So every head coach that's ever had success uh, was wasn't a head coach before at one point or right. another. Uh, you know, and and if you want to tell me that, and that's your that's your stance. I don't know if Venables can do it at head coach. I trust that he can do it at defensive coordinator, but I don't know that he can do it at head coach. I'm okay with that take. I don't like it. I don't agree with it. But it's okay. As long as you don't, in the same soundbite, talk about how great another guy is going to be that has never been head coach before. <laughs> right, exactly. You know what I'm sure. saying? Yeah. Like, At least present it. Uh, it, it, to where you didn't, it doesn't look like you came up with it as you were saying it and, and putting it all together. Just amazing. Uh, can't wait for the podcast to come out after the spring game saying that Venables is already one and one as a head coach and that hire <laughs> was sure a bad one. Yeah. <laughs> Who did they think we wanted to hire? Saban or Bust? Fools. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Everyone wants a splash hire, but. Whenever you're at a at a position like kind of like in Oklahoma, and oh gosh, I don't know. There's there's a just a small handful of schools that that would be like Oklahoma. There really is no splash hire if you're looking for a new coach, other than like the group of guys that that are considered the elite of the elite, and they're not leaving. Yeah, I, I wonder what the success rate is of guys that were quote unquote splash hires in college football. Um, Nick Saban was a splash hire at Alabama. Clearly that's worked out fine. But at the same time, Rich Rod was a splash hire for Michigan, and that went terrible. Um, Tom Herman was a splash hire for Texas. Steve Sarkeesian was a splash hire for Texas. Both of those have gone wrong. Well, he was a splash hire for Southern Cal. Splash hire for Southern Cal. That, That, I mean... So you can say the splash high. It, it seems like more times than not, that one eventually fails. Right. Yeah. I don't know. It, the, whole, the whole thing is fascinating. My guess is uh, Fortinelli thinks that Lanning is going to be just a home run at Oregon. Well, right? I, I kind of think that too, to be fair. But Well, yeah. <laughs> but that's fine. I have no problem with that. Except... If you're going to take this stance that a guy you're not you're not sure about how it's going to go because he's never been head coach before, you can't pick all of these guys that are first time head coaches to be great. No, I know. I, I, yeah, I know. So I don't know. 
It's um, it's fascinating. It's never ending. It's never ending. I saw the herd was was doing his thing today uh, on Oklahoma. It must be the slow time of the year for sports, so everyone's trying to. Well, the Lakers stir suck the and they're out of the playoffs, so they got to ah, let's come up with some Oklahoma takes. <laughs> and as I said to Parker, I. I we all know what he's doing by now. It's right. it's still highly annoying. But I told Parker's like, you know, he's trying to be the main cheerleader. He he Cowherd basically wants to be a song girl for USC. He he wants to wear the white dress and the the Nike Pegasus shoes or whatever they wear. He wants to wear all that. Cowherd wants to dress up as a song girl. But I think he's doing a lot of damage to USC when he tweets out stuff like that because it puts unrealistic expectations on year 1. Um, I don't. I, I bet there's some USC coaches right now that are like, eh. I mean, we might be good eventually, but year one might be kind of tough. It's just it's the it's a it's an a really weird marriage because the herd can't stand Baker Mayfield, right? Doesn't like his personality. Doesn't like how he carries himself. Well, that whole personality was built and fostered under Lincoln Riley, right? So it's weird that you're cheerleading a guy that had a lot to do with, you know, the way Baker carries himself, right? You know, there, and I have no problem with the way Baker carries himself. Let me just say that. Yeah. But there are coaches out there and, the herd has always talked about these coaches that would have like put the shackles on Baker Mayfield with the way that he acts. Right? There's a bunch of them. Saban would have been one of those guys that you wouldn't have seen Baker acting and talking and saying some of the things that he has probably under that regime. So it's just funny to see how 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 quickly the herd will switch his. You know, it just flip-flop back and forth to whatever fits the moment, I guess. Yeah, um, <laughs> Cowherd's relationship with USC football, that's about as situational of a relationship as you're going to find because he will uh, he will turn on you real quick if you're one or the month of September and October don't go well, you know? That's right. situational as long as, you know, USC is kind of the – I don't even know if they're the hot topic around L.A. right now, but you know what I mean, like – in terms of the college football landscape, right? Calhoun ain't going to stick around if there's a uh, five and seven or six and six season this year. You won't see the cheerleading going on. Well, the funny thing is, is uh, enjoy like this. You're going to have to get through this rough patch, right? Of the herd just sitting there cheerleading every single move that happens out there, and I, I do think that they're going to have success. But man, if it if it goes bad. And they don't win, he's going to have to double down extra hard on the negative to try and save face a little bit, right? Yep, totally. So that that will be the that will be the funny part. Uh, We got to get to Bob Stoops coming up next, but before we do that, I got to I got to show you an audio clip that I've been laughing about all day long. Okay. So I guess Lane Johnson um, and Tom Wart spoke to the team today. And so Lane Johnson is at practice. They're inside the stadium today practicing, I guess. And he's trying to do one of those promotional videos from the OU Football Twitter account of, hey, you know, come out to the spring game, all that. 
But let it get about five seconds in, and then you'll notice you'll re- you'll notice real quick what's going on behind that drowns out the whole video. Okay. <laughs> He's trying to do like this video and BB's yelling at Kobe With McKenzie the, the entire time. Isn't that so awesome? It's great. Oh, God, I've been laughing at that. It's supposed so to be good. bumped out and empty. Hello. <laughs> that's great. It's so, oh, that's so BV. That's fantastic. That's so great. And it's great that they went ahead and posted it with all of that chatter going on in the back. That's great. <laughs> you could see, you could hear Lane Johnson trying to get fight louder, it, trying yeah. to fight through it, but there's no way, man. Oh, man, uh, what Lane Johnson, is, that is a bad, bad man. What a cool dude. What a cool dude. I would have loved to have heard what him and uh, Tom Wart had to say to the team. Uh, been pretty awesome. They, it sounds like they've had some good speakers roll up here in the past oh, yeah. few weeks. Man. Oh, yeah. I, it's going to be a nice, nice crowd of uh, former players and people – Used to be a part of the program that are going to be out there for the for the game. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be a spectacle. We'll see how many people show up. We'll see how Sooner fans really feel. Like maybe the uh, uh, the on three podcast has something to do, or has cover you know, three podcast. Cover whatever. three whatever. podcast has someone in the know that there's not going to be very many people at the spring game, huh? Mm-hmm. What do you think then? Uh, I bet they're I bet they're saying around twelve thousand is going to show up. We'll see. We'll see. All right, quick timeout, opening timeout. More from the rush coming up. Keep hitting that text line, 651-3439. It is The Rush, brought to you by Pacifico. Pacifico, let it remind you to live life. Anchors up. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman inside the Brown O'Haver Studios. We'll catch up with Bob Stoops momentarily. Uh, <laughs> Brent Venables had a press conference today, and the alarm was, was going off, and all the media members were there laughing. I mean, I, I would have been laughing at it. It didn't seem like Brent was too amused that the, I don't know if it was a fire alarm or what it was, was yeah. going off today. I saw the quick little clip of him at the podium, and he did not look thrilled. <laughs> uh, I don't know what that is. I don't know if it's because uh, he knew that it was going to be stretching his time and he had a like a hard out that he had to go do something. I don't know what that was, but uh, you could tell he was not amused, which, you know, that's exactly how I would respond. Um, like it's like, of course, yes, of course. As soon as I get to the mic, we have something go on like that, and and how do you handle it? But uh, that was funny. Yeah, everyone else thought it was funny. He did. He he did not. He did not. But he did reveal uh, what the spring game format's going to be. Split up the teams as evenly as possible. Split up the coaching staff as evenly as possible. But Dylan Gabriel is going to play uh, kind of all time quarterback. He's going to play for both teams. What do you think about that? Um. Well, you asked me yesterday. Is this just going to be, uh, you know, hey, what's going on, guys? Type of thing for the team <laughs> and the quarterback, or is this going to be like a real competitive thing? Uh, I, him getting more snaps and playing on both sides makes me think it's actually going to be a 
a competitive ordeal on Saturday. So I I love it, man. I love the more Dylan Gabriel, the better. I want to see it. Yeah, hmm. which I I think it's cool. I don't know. Has there been a release of what the rosters are going to look no, like? No, um, he said that uh, around Thursday they're going to let the guys know what teams they're on. Okay. I don't even think they've split up the coaches yet. They, they haven't gotten that far into things. I am I like that he's throwing to both teams. I think that's cool. And it gives you a little bit better feeling like how it's maybe a little bit easier to compare maybe wide receivers and some of the skill guys, you know, because it, it'd be easy to dismiss one or the other saying, well, he didn't have a big day. You know, he had second or third team quarterback throwing to him. Didn't get a chance to really see him pop out there. But you would expect that all of those guys, the top line guys that are fighting for heavy rotation, are going to get several uh, series or opportunities with Dylan Gabriel. So, should be a should be a pretty good barometer of, of maybe what to expect in the fall. Yeah, I'm a little bit interested about the um, I'm a lot interested about the offensive line. That's the position group I'm really going to be watching. Um, I, I wonder how much it affects them that they're being going to be split up like like they are, and and not that they have a starting yeah. unit that they would go to today. But if you're going to split it evenly, what do, what do they have depth wise? Is is that going to be a, a group that has its struggles? I would guess, man, that it's a little bit of both. You're going to see the D line get after them at times in passing situations, but there will be downs where the O line gets a push and you know has some success in the run game. I'd probably a little bit of both. My guess is they'll probably split it up to where like your number one left tackle will be blocking most of the time your number one right defensive end, right? And your backup left tackle will be blocking maybe your backup defensive end on yeah, that side. Yeah, that'd be cool. So it should, there should be a decent, you know, pretty even across the board or, or as close as they can get it. But I don't know, man. Uh, the I, I have a feeling that the offensive line and defensive line – now, I'm not saying that they're going to be perfect – I think there's there's going to be mistakes. There's going to be guys getting beat, no doubt. But I think people are going to be really happy with the level of physicality that they're going to see in the trenches. You know, it's it's been a physical, physical spring uh, spring season, spring camp, and those guys have been you know just hammering one another. I think it should show pretty well in the spring game with them battling it out. I mean, that'll be the big takeaway if that's the case. If everyone in there is walking away saying, dang, that was physical. I mean, it was a spring game, but that was physical. You can tell that they're going, you know, hat on a hat a little bit more. I, I think everyone will leave pretty pleased if, if that is the case. I know uh, I will. Here's what I project in the fall on the offensive line. I project, I project Rame at center, Metallier and Murray at guard, Harrison at left, and Wanye Morris at right. And I think that that group has a chance to be pretty dadgum solid. Not elites, but pretty dadgum solid. Uh, a 2015 type of offensive line. Maybe they'll be in better shape to start the year than the 2015 group was, but they'll progress game to game like, like that team did. Here's the This is the thing to watch. Savion Bird. Savion Bird on his current trajectory is a potential first round pick. Now, 
They've got him playing tackle right Whoa. now. Yeah. They got him playing tackle. And remember, he's just a true sophomore. Or a red, I guess he'll be a redshirt freshman. He didn't play last season. Just a redshirt freshman. And he's playing tackle. I don't I don't know that I if he makes some big strides, like he's not far off. If if he makes some big strides, I could see a possible scenario where he ends up playing guard and if they bump him into guard, look out. He's he is a he's a beast. You, you first round pick. You, yeah. you 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 know you said that, right? Yeah. Okay. Yep. yep, yep, yep. Um but you know, it could it could be a bit of time before you see that really like he has flashes where there's no doubt you look at him and say that kid by far has the highest ceiling on the team for the offensive line. Uh, but there's other inconsistent moments, right, where he gets beat and he looks like a redshirt freshman. Yeah, but he was kind of thought of that even coming out of, uh, what is he, from the Dallas area, that he was he had the potential to be a really good player, but it was going to take a year or two to really get him to where he needed to be to be a high-level Division One player. He wasn't just a plug-and-play type of guy. It was going to take some time. So Right. And it, you know, and it still might, but I, I think he's going to play in the fall. I don't know that he's going to be a starter. They got him playing tackle. I'd be really interested to see if, I uh, come fall, like they're just trying to get him experience at tackle through spring and through training camp, because it usually is easier for a guy to slide in and play guard than it is to be out on the island playing tackle. So I'm curious to see if after he gets all of that practice and experience at tackle, if they don't bump him down into guard and say, we need to get him on the field right now. Man, if they end up being a pretty dadgum good offensive line, as you said earlier, I think people are, nationally anyway, severely sleeping on this offense, man. They've got some good depth. Man, this offense has a real potential to be elite if this offensive line can be that level of good. They've got some good depth now. Um, you know, uh, I project Harrison and Wanye Morris to be your starters. Savion Bird is going to factor in there. And the Aaron Parks kid is is doing pretty good too, playing some at right tackle. And the Tyler Guyton transfer from TCU, 6'7", 320-plus pounds. Huge kid, needs some development in the weight room, but – uh, they think he can be really good. Um, there's one more kid I'm trying to remember. Was it um, maybe it was it Marcus Alexander, perhaps who who's been playing really good, playing his uh, best football so far, uh, and and he's trying to factor in too. And you got Rame, obviously he's he's missed Big quite a bit of time. Uh, you got I, he needed to be practicing in the spring. Um, but he's had to miss quite a bit of time. But uh, Conjul, Robert Conjul, is just a tough, gritty dude that you know what you're going to get, good experience, good blocker, smart. Uh, he's not going to overpower people, but he's going to be in the right position and he's going to play with good technique and give you a really good chance. So, um, yeah, I, I think that you've got, you've got some maybe some better depth than you've had in quite some time. Uh, Notice Teddy did not mention Bray Walker in that offensive line rundown. It's so, just going to uh, be tough to break through at this point, and I still believe, especially, and I haven't seen, 
like in detail what BV is going to do on short yardage and goal line, but um, Bray Walker is gigantic. He's like 6'7", 350-plus pounds. He's strong as hell. I would move him to defensive line, give him a roll. Uh, if we play bear, line him up right over the center and say, just destroy that guy. That's all you got to do is destroy that dude. And sometimes a position change for a guy that's maybe stuck in a rut, not being able to break through, will give them a massive burst of um, – like, give a rip, if you know sure. what I mean. Text line, 3 o'clock is a perfect time to start the spring game. I'll be out in the parking lot hammering Budweiser's and dipping Copenhagen while all the classy cats are standing in line sipping wine in a can hoping for a spot in the shade. If Venable says jump, I say how high. Boomer sooner, boys. Love it. <laughs> Love it. How many guys do you think... Wine will- <laughs> in a can. That's pretty funny. How many guys do you think will hit the portal next week? Oh, I don't know. Um, I would be shocked, shocked, I tell you, if anyone that has a role on the team right now hits the portal. I would think it would be guys that, you know, after the, the, the reshift, uh, new staff came in, gave it an off season in the spring to see if uh, a new set of eyes, they could crack the lineup. And if they couldn't, then maybe they go try and, and see if they can get, get on somewhere else. I wouldn't expect anyone that is like right there in the mix trying fighting for a, a starting spot to, to transfer out. Do we have any players sitting out for NIL negotiations? No, I don't believe. I don't, that's not something that's going to fly here. I mean, you can sit out, but you're going to be looking for another school. My guess is no, although I don't have any direct information as to whether or not the we o- have. The I don't think ki- we have anyone sitting out, period. The only kid that uh, that we've heard that have sat out due to NIL negotiations is that kid from Florida State, and he's since entered in the transfer portal. Right. Um, I All I know is the guys that are sitting out right now don't want to be sitting out. When you're not in practice – they make it about as brutal, maybe worse, than being out there on the field in practice. Full pads, <laughs> on the Stairmaster, or uh, on a bike, or on a roller, getting, quote, some cardio in, mm. since you can't be in full contact practice. Let's slow our roll on the term elites. I drank the Kool-Aid last year and spent the entire season miserable at the performance on the field. I like what I hear about what's going on in camp, but let's temper the enthusiasm a bit. Here's Oh, because that's a lot of fun. Here's what I'll do. I will get overexcited, and you can temper the enthusiasm. Um... I and I guess I'm not hmm I'm not overexcited as far as what I expect to happen this year. I don't I don't expect a a national title contending football this year. I don't expect that. But what I expect and what I'm excited about, what gets me excited is not the prospects of how many yards we're going to throw for next year or uh, what our record is going to be. I'm excited that we are really grooming a physical, tough, disciplined football team. 
And it doesn't, doesn't always come together right away. But this, I mean, a credit to these guys. You know, frankly, I think the way Lincoln left, obviously some guys were were angry and felt betrayed or whatever with how it went down. I think that's motivated a bunch of guys up sure, there. Yes, absolutely. Just, you know, kind of the the way the fan base has kind of been lit up no a little bit. I think it's done the same thing to some of those players and like, okay, we weren't good enough for you. And and not that it's just they're trying to do that only for Lincoln Riley, but part of it is let's prove why you don't leave Oklahoma. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. There's there's some really good energy going on up there. Good stuff. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hour number one rolls on next. It is the rush on the ref, Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman, and it's our favorite segment of the entire week. He joins us every Wednesday. Head coach Bob Stoops brought to you by Yo Pablo on Campus Corner. Bob, what's going on? Uh, you got a new job since the last time we talked to you. Congratulations. Oh, I thought you guys knew that already. So, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, um, anyway, uh, yeah, it's, um, I go down uh, – to Dallas actually tomorrow for a couple of days for meetings uh, with uh, you know the entire uh, the other head coaches and our management team and ownership. So everybody is going to meet down there to talk about and get start getting everything dialed in for the new XFL coming in February next year. That's going to be awesome. Um, walk us through how that went. I know you really enjoyed it the first go around and. I know a lot of people around here were really enjoying it as well. It was a great product. It was fun. Um, timing couldn't have been worse with COVID coming through. So what was it that made you decide you wanted to do it for, for the second round? Yeah, just as you said, all of it was so positive the first time. Uh, you know, just uh, exciting, fun uh, fun environments to play in, uh, you know, the you know, experiment with some different innovation and in like the overtime and extra points, those kind of things were all cool. But all of it's still great, good, solid football. There's a lot of really good players, as you would know, that are right on the outskirts of playing in the NFL, that, that this gives them another platform to show that they can play at that level. In fact, a good number of our players throughout the league ended up on rosters and made teams. Well, the kid. The what NFL. was it? The, was it the Houston team? The quarterback. He was. He was killing it. And then I think he went yeah. and won a game for maybe Carolina or someone. Did a good job. And we had a big tight end, Donald Parham, that went to the Chargers, uh, San Diego, with, with you know that played for us, and uh, you know was on their team and a good, great player for them a year ago. So, so anyway, um, all of it just you know the the part of it for me that makes it fun and exciting as these players love football want to continue to play football and we don't have to worry about academics and and uh what kind of nil money we're getting them or who's who missed study hall last night and who missed class today 
<laughs> so there isn't any of that. And uh, so it, it really, uh, it, again, and, you know, these players have all played a lot of football, so they're easy to coach because because they, they understand the game so well because they've been in it so long. Don't have to go to study hall or class. So what you're saying is we finally found a league for Teddy that he can actually play in, Bob? Is that it? <laughs> well, I, I, Coach Venables and I used to have to chase him around, get him to class, and get him where he needed to be. Well, uh, Coach Venables doing a lot of chasing around up there right now. He's uh, They're in the middle of it. they got spring ball going on. It, it sounds like everything up there is going really good. I know you've been up there a couple of times. You've seen them practice, and – uh, they're gearing up for the spring game, which, you know, Baker's got his his statue unveiling. There's going to be a ton of former players and uh, people familiar with the program are going to be in town. This should be quite the spectacle. I, I believe so. I, it's, it looks like it's going to be a great day, good time, uh, you know, right in the afternoon. We do have a ton of former players all coming back uh, to be here. Um, you know, with Baker as well as, you know, the guys, are, it's starting to become a reunion weekend. So it's going to be fun. And, uh, yeah, you know, unveiling Baker's statue right there in front of everybody will be, you know, really awesome, uh, really fun for everyone. So, um, you know, and, you know, it shows our players, you know, how much everybody cares. And we'll have a ton of recruits here. So it's going to be a great weekend. They, they've got it well planned. Hey, Coach Bob Stoops is our guest, brought to you by Yo Pablo on Campus Corner. Go have some rock and roll tequila this weekend before and after the game at Yo Pablo on Campus Corner. I'm curious, Bob, about Baker because it didn't really seem like you or anyone else really recruited him all that hard in high school. So when he gets to OU, maybe your familiarity wasn't that high with him. So with that being said, when was the first time you you realized and you thought to yourself, wow, this kid – might be different. He he might be really good at quarterback for us. Well, watching him, you know, watching him play for Texas Tech as a true freshman. You know, I believe he was six and zero. One, you mm-hmm. know, was winning games at Tech as a true freshman right away. So I, I noticed him immediately. Then I started, you know, really paying closer attention, and and then um, you know, and then of course I had heard rumors that he might he's transferring or might be transferring to OU. And but nobody, I never got a phone call from anyone, and, not, and neither did any of our coaches. So you know, we just waited until the next semester started, and sure enough, he came up and introduced himself to me. Uh, you know, in our first team meeting, which was, uh, you know, which was great. And I just told him, man, I'm I'm glad you're here, and you'll have every opportunity that everyone else has here to be the guy. Did you ever send like a, a thank you gift or anything to Kingsbury at Texas Tech for not offering <laughs> Baker a scholarship after walking on, earning the starting job, and winning six games? Yeah, isn't that the truth? I uh, I've gotten to know Cliff pretty well through our head coaches' meetings and whatnot. In fact, I happened to be in Phoenix uh, maybe a month and a half ago or so, and uh, we hung out there for an afternoon, or you know, with my wife and I. And uh, anyhow. Um, no, I've, uh, he knows I appreciate him very much. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, you know, no doubt. I mean, what Baker did here is just so special and, and, uh, you know, I just, how infectious his personality is and was and, and, uh, all the, you know, all the players just love playing with them, you know, but being out there on the field with them as well. You had many a press conferences at OU, but I think we may have had a first today. You, you can correct me if I'm wrong. 
like the fire alarm went off during <laughs> Brent Venable's press conference today, and he didn't sound too, or he didn't seem too thrilled about it. Did you ever had the fire alarm go off on you, Bob, when you're trying to address the media? I, I don't believe I have, to be quite honest with you. I can't remember that happening, but, you know, these things happen once in a while. Threw a wrench in the system out there. Um, you know, just one more about Baker. Whenever you see a guy, it's rare that someone has that much personality and is as infectious as he is. And there's like, there's a fine line, you know, between, you know, what is exciting and gets the, the, the team and the fans and everyone riled up and ready to play. And then there's, there's like over the line and maybe a little too much. And Baker is maybe the best at dancing right there on that line. But did you ever have to, to say anything to him to really man a little bit at any different moments? No, not at all. He, you know, what makes it, it just, it's just so authentic and genuine with him that you don't have to. And, and everyone realizes it when you know him and you've, you know, you've, then those these guys that are out there competing with them and working out with them and know how you know passionate he is about it all then they understand that's just him you know and uh and when when something's that genuine um you really don't have to reel it in reminds me of brett Favre, you know brett Favre's the guy that always looked like he was having the most fun out there playing football exactly it's the best part of his day going to practice and and being on the field well, uh, it's going to be a good spring game. Hopefully we have the weather hold off. And I'm sure you got duties all day with all the different festivities going on? Uh, a little bit, yeah. I've got some stuff uh, Friday evening also, uh, you know, around Baker. And then uh, uh, parts of Saturday, I'm, I'm really not sure yet. I've got to, I haven't gotten that far into the, into the weekend. I've got, to, I've got to get schooled up on it here, um, you know, uh, in the next couple of days. Well, it's going to be fun. We appreciate you stopping by the show. Know you're super busy. and uh, Congrats, man. Yeah. Congrats. Can't wait for the XFL to get rolling again. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And, um, yeah, hopefully we'll have a big uh, crew coming down uh, I-35 going south to, uh, you know, to wherever I'm going to be. I think they're, they're supposed to announce maybe next week what, you know, they're where all the coaches are going to be. So we're, we're – uh, deciding that here in the next few days i believe you think i i I was you know there was people talking about because they didn't name the cities oklahoma city you think they'd ever have a chance for something like that uh i would think so um you know uh guess they don't have much of a venue right now is the problem yeah and if if they expand i guess but uh yeah i I, i'm not um i'm not sure what you know what the end game will be you know if they want to expand more teams or not and uh, but this will be a good, you know, way to get it started again, you know, like we had it going there a couple of years ago. Come on, Teddy. Bob's way more focused on recruiting Dwayne the Rock Johnson to play defensive end for him. <laughs> no than doubt. He is that, all right? No <laughs> doubt. He still looks like I'll he could play. I'll take Teddy again if he's if he's willing to go for for a season. Yeah. Uh, goal line. I'll play goal line for you as long as I don't have to run anywhere. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hey, appreciate it, Coach. See ya. So you're, you're telling me not to hold my breath. No, no, don't hold your breath. I want you guys to win. I want you guys to have a, an All actual right. good football team. All right, good to be with you guys. Boomer All right, Sooner. Coach, we'll talk to you next week. Boomer Sooner. See, I'll say it. Boomer Sooner. Or let's go Renegades or whoever he coaches. He's got to start saying that at the end. Well, yeah, I wonder if they're going to rebrand all of the teams. and I, I don't know. I guess he's going down for meetings later this week and – 
we'll probably know more in the coming weeks. But good stuff. Good stuff. All right, quick timeout. We'll come back, wrap up hour number one next. Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you hour number one of the rush on this Tuesday. As always, appreciate Bob Stoops. Go check out some rock and roll tequila coming up this weekend for the spring game. Come, uh, come have, come have a, a few shots at Yo Pablo on Campus Corner. Five to seven p.m. That's where the post game show will be. Uh, I'll be hosting along with Travis Davidson. Jordan Evans is going to stop by, and maybe a a few other special guests. Just saying, we might have some. We'll be uh, good. Yeah, we, we, it sounds like we might have a cool guest lineup over there at uh, Yo Pablo on Campus Corner. Uh, Teddy Coach Stoops made me think of a question: Who is still actively playing that you played with? That's on the text line. Anyone? Uh, not from OU. I'm trying to think of anyone in your era that is uh, like Eli's even retired by now. Eli's retired. Um, Tom Brady, I guess, is still playing, and he was the, four years older than you. Roethlisberger was in the same draft class I was, and he just retired. Um, there may be there may be a, a punter or two or a kicker. Um, I guess there there may be there may be an offensive lineman or two out there, but very very few. No one at OU um, now. Adrian Peterson is semi still playing, and we missed uh, overlapping by one year, but that's about all I can think of. Am I missing anyone? Uh, I think that's it, man. Uh, Trent Williams, I mean, he seems like he's been in the league forever, and he has, but his last year was, what, 09 here? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, that's that's six years after you left, which shows how old you long, are. Long, long time ago. You've got to start treating Coach Stoops better. The m- morally safer 60 minutes hardcore questioning has to stop. I'm Bob from Samantha. <laughs> There's BFC's uh, weekly request to ask easier questions. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know what the difficult question for Coach Stoops was. Um, I guess could have asked him about the Fox gig. Uh, or what he thinks about Urban Meyer. Uh, and I, <laughs> Hey, Bob, come on. Er, no one wants to listen to Urban Meyer on the Fox set, right? Right. That's a heck of a question. Well, you know, I guess with the Fox gig, it tells you everything you need to know that oh, he wanted to coach football more, right? Had, had a better – Better time doing it. I don't know what the money difference was. Maybe it was the same. I don't know, but I don't know. He's I, just the guy that he just wants to be coaching a part of the team. Like I, I, I totally get that, man. Yep, 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 yep. Um, and it's going to be fun. Like I said, I actually enjoyed the XFL the first go around. Uh, watched it quite a bit, and um, it was uh, it was not ideal the way it all had to end with the COVID slamming everything shut. All right, quick timeout. More from The Rush coming up. Hour number two is next.